Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we'll be talking about some NFL football as the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup over the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Barrier Podcast. And before we went on break, we previewed what we're doing for this week's show. Once again, talking about some NFL football as we got some playoff action between the Niners and the Cowboys in the first round. And that game will be taking place on Sunday afternoon. Now, before we end up going through the actual matchup, we got to recap what happened last week. And we ended up going 0-2. However, it's probably a good thing. Because I picked the Rams to win, to cover, and I also picked the under in that game. But the main prediction that I had, because I had the Niners losing, I thought the Niners would miss the playoffs. I thought the Saints would find a way to win against Atlanta. And we would have a really, let's just say, depressing episode where the Niners missed the playoffs and we'd be mourning. But, luckily, the Niners came back from 17 down in the first half, trailed by 14 at the half, and ended up winning the game. As for our plays, the under and the Rams looked really good because the Rams led by 7 points with about 2 minutes to go. Actually, about one oh, about one thirty to go when the Niners got the ball back from their own 12-yard line, or at their own 12-yard line, and Jimmy G led his team to the promised land. They had a five-play, 88-yard touchdown drive, which culminated in a Juwan Jennings touchdown. Then on top of that, you had the Niners getting ball first in overtime, 12-play drive, 69 yards, which resulted in a field goal, and the Niners' defense intercepted Matt Stafford and clinched a playoff spot via interception. So a crazy Week 18 game. Great job by the Niners for battling and dealing with adversity. And now they've been rewarded with a road game against the Dallas Cowboys. Now the Cowboys, of course, won the NFC East or the NFC least because the division was pretty brutal. Eagles did make the playoffs, so I guess you got two teams in. But we can agree that that was easily one of, if not the weakest defense or weakest uh, division, I should say, in all of football. But the Cowboys have been playing pretty well lately. They did have the pretty disappointing showing against Arizona, but they bounced back with a nice win against Philly in the regular season finale. Now, the game is pretty tricky to actually analyze 
because Philly benched basically everybody since it already clinched a playoff spot. The Cowboys were missing a couple of guys because of COVID, but the offensive starters did play, and the Cowboys scored 51 points against the Eagles' second stringers and third stringers. Now, Dak Prescott was amazing. He had five touchdowns, no picks, but once again, the Cowboys were playing a bunch of backup defenders, and Dak was going for the all-time Cowboys touchdown record, so they were padding his numbers. But the actual offense looked pretty good. Cedric Wilson had a great game. He had five receptions, 119 yards, two touchdowns, as he had to step up since you had the season-ending injury to Michael Gallup. Cooper was okay, 79 yards. CeeDee Lamb didn't do much. He had 45 yards on two catches. Corey Clement, backup running back at 22 yards and one touchdown. And Dalton Schultz, tight end, had two had uh, two touchdowns and 21 receiving yards. As the as for the defense, three sacks on Minshew. I can't say they did much. They had an interception, which was nice, but the Eagles did score 17 points in the first half with a bunch of backups, so that is a bit concerning. But the Cowboys playing pretty good football. The question you have to ask, though, is that when you face off against the NFC East and you go 6-0 and against pretty weak competition, do I think they are going to struggle against a quality team on Sunday. And that remains to be seen, but I realize now I also didn't mention what happened in the Niners game. I mentioned the result. I mentioned the Jimmy G couple of drives there to end regulation and in overtime, but I did not mention the stats. So I have to go back, sorry about that, and talk about the actual numbers that both teams put up. Now looking at the Niners, you had Jimmy G, whose numbers were okay. Jimmy G had 316 passing yards, one touchdown, two picks, Sacked three times, QBR of 46.1. However, most of the awful performance was in the first half. They scored 21 points in the third and fourth quarter combined, then hit, hit the field goal in the overtime period. So Garoppolo really picked it up as the game went on. You had Elijah Mitchell, kind of a similar story, as Mitchell was awful in the first half and then ended up with 85 rushing yards as he really picked it up in the third and fourth quarter. Then you had Debo Samuel, who was all over the damn field in the game. He had 95 receiving yards. He had 45 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And on top of that, he also had a passing touchdown on a gadget play. So he did everything you could ask for him and more. When you have 140 total yards with one touchdown and you also throw a touchdown, that's a phenomenal performance. Ayuk was good too. Six catches for 107 yards. Kittle did nothing. He had five catches for 10 yards, which is absolutely wild. But Kittle's been quiet, which I guess is a good sign for the Niners because they've won even though he's been relatively quiet. But they need him to play well if they're going to beat Dallas on Sunday. As for the rest of the receiving core, Juwan Jennings was great as he had 94 receiving yards and two touchdowns. So hopefully that carries over into the Cowboy game. But to go through the defense, did a great job. Stafford had 238 passing yards, three touchdowns, which is not ideal, but he was sacked five times, and he threw two interceptions. Plus, you're looking at the Rams, and this team had 27 carries for 64 yards, so this team did absolutely nothing on the ground. Cooper Cup had one carry for 18 yards, so the running backs combined had a 26 carries for 46 yards. Great job by the run defense. They're going to need to contain Elliott in this upcoming game, but that's definitely a good sign. Now, to go through the actual receivers for the Rams, 
The Niners did not do a great job guarding Cooper Cup. Now, nobody has this season. He's having one of the best seasons of all time. He probably had a top three wide receiver season of all time, but seven catches for 118 yards and one touchdown. Niners have to do a better job of containing the best weapon on opposing teams. Other than that, Tyler Higby, two catches, uh, two touchdown catches and 55 receiving yards, so he did pretty well. Van Jefferson and Odell did really nothing. But to look at the Niners' numbers here, you had Eric Armstead, who was fantastic, two and a half sacks, four solo tackles, seven total tackles. He was a man possessed. Fred Warner had a sack. He was very good. Nick Bosa had half a sack. DJ Jones had a sack. So you had a lot of guys who really contributed, and that was definitely the story of this game. Uh, you had Arden Key, who also had half a sack. Can't forget about him. So the Niners, if they can pressure Dak, should fare well here because the Cowboys' offensive line which was a serious strength for this team in years past, has been a little bit banged up recently, and I do think there are some potential holes in this de in this offensive line for the Niners to exploit. But to go through the actual matchup, it's finally time to actually talk about the game itself. The Niners are underdogs at, on the road, which is fair, but they are currently 3.5-point underdogs, and the total is 51 in this game. Of course, it's in Jerry World, so it's going to be in a dome. Weather will not play a factor. But the real question, or the real matchup that I'm interested in to decide this game is going to be the Niners' offensive line versus Dallas' defensive line. Because when healthy, this Dallas defense is one of the best in the league, which sounded crazy going into the year. People weren't sure what to think of rookie Micah Parsons. He's had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. For a defensive player, you have the very, very, let's just say interesting defensive player in Randy Gregory who has a ton of talent but he's been off the field so frequently with suspensions and injuries etc but Gregory's been fantastic this season and Demarcus Lawrence has been really good too so when healthy this Cowboys defensive line is an absolute handful but the Niners offensive line is one of the best in the league and you do have to wonder how the Niners are going to fare protecting Garoppolo and really establishing this ground game against this elite defensive line. Now, to go through the injuries for the offensive line, which is important, you have Trent Williams, who was the highest-graded PFF offensive lineman in the league, and he did not practice on Wednesday, but he did practice Thursday. So assume that Trent Williams will be able to suit up. I'm not sure how good he's going to look. But getting him back is absolutely huge, and I do think that the Niners have to establish the ground game if they are going to win. Now, as for the Cowboys' offensive line against the Niners' defensive line, I do think that's going to be a pretty equal matchup where both units should have success throughout the game. I think it'll balance out, but I do think if the Niners are able to keep pressure off of Garoppolo and if they're able to avoid third and long, they will be in a great position to win this game. And looking at the actual spread itself and the total, I like the Niners plus the three and a half, and I also like the over in this game. Simply put, I think the Niners have enough weapons to go blow for blow with Dallas offensively, and I do think that the defense 
should do a pretty good job at times of pressuring Dak and forcing him to making some dumb decisions. But the main reason why I think the Cowboys are a bit overvalued is because of the level of competition. Of course, the Niners are 10-7, and 7, but when you're playing in the best division in all football, that's a bit excusable. You're looking at the Cowboys. They are 6-0, and 0, as I said before, against the NFC East, which means they are 6-5 and 5 against the rest of the league. But you're looking at the actual step-up games here. You look at the amount of playoff teams they beat. They lost to the Buccaneers in Week 1. They beat the Chargers in Week 2, not a playoff team. Beat the Eagles, so that's technically a playoff team. That's one. Then they beat New England. That's another playoff team. That's two. And then they ended up beating the Eagles again with the backups in. So excluding the NFC East, they beat one playoff team in the entire season. So I do think they're overvalued. The Niners have really gone through an absolute gauntlet and fared well, or pretty well, in a lot of those tough matchups. This game should be a nail-biter. I think it'll come down to the wire. But Jimmy G showed me something last week, that he could actually lead you on a game-winning drive if you need him to, and I think that he will play pretty well, or at least well enough, to win this game outright. So for me, I'm taking the Niners to win this game outright. I do think that the offensive line will hold up against the Cowboys' defensive line, and I think that Mitchell and Samuel and Kittle will play well as they lead the team to victory. But to go through the total... I cannot take an under with Dallas. I'm taking the over. I think you'll see a lot of points in this game. I think the Niners should dominate up front. But I do see a game finishing somewhere in the realm of 28-27. to 27. I see a real nail-biter. I see both teams generating a ton of big plays. And I do think that this total is too low. So once again, my thoughts for the playoff game coming up this weekend. I have the Niners plus 3.5 as well as the over 51, but that has been this installment of the Benavaria Podcast. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.